Good evening and welcome along, everybody. It is season two, episode 74. Um, we are reviewing the events of Sunday night and the game against the Seahawks. I'm joined tonight by uh, Paul Stewart. Evening, Paul. Hi, hi. And co-founder of our UK Cowboys family, Mr. Jamie Smith. How are you, Jamie? Hey, yep. Paul. So how are we all doing? How are we feeling after Sunday's game? That's it. Just a big, big sigh. Deflated. Like, like, offensively, I can't be too mad. But defensively, I I am pretty mad. So... I think we, we said we said off air, didn't we, just before we come on? Um could kind of tell when it's not gonna be our night when you've you get a, a missed point after attempt, the way it missed like straight in the middle of the post and then you get a you get a block field goal. When things like that are going your way, you just you know you're in for a bit of a barren night. Yeah. Yeah. It it just it just seemed to be a comedy of errors, and I think like that one of the other things that kept happening was the changes along the offensive line, um, with Terrence Steele going out, um, and coming back in, um, it just it it didn't help the balance of of the O line, and it allowed a bit of pressure on Dak. Yeah. But um, before before we get into that, really, um. As always, we'd like to shout out our sponsor, Mr. Barry Griffiths, and the team over at Cowboys Experience. So, uh, Paul, if you want to take it away and tell us all about why we should be using Barry's services. Yes, so Cowboys Experience offer you the, probably the, the best experience you could be as a Dallas Cowboys fan, no matter where you're from, from if you're living in the States or you're coming from the UK going to a game where you can get to meet and greet with current players, former players like Drew Pierre, Fladers, and a a lot more, and there's a lot like during the whole experience of the, the pregame, there's chances to win prizes and stuff like that. And also you've got the tailgate, then also the game day experience where you've got pretty much access to the field and all sorts. And yeah, but for us being our sponsor um, and teaming up with Cowboys Experience and Barry and that. We are a, we've got a discount code, UK Cowboys, so be sure to use that when it comes to your next purchase. But uh, obviously with this year, with COVID, it's unlikely for us fans to go out abroad. But for next year, definitely tune in because there's a lot of big things coming ahead with Cowboys experience. Absolutely. And as you can see, the discount code is there. So use UK Cowboys. And if, you, if we do manage to get games this year, or even if it's next year, use that code. And uh, Barry and the team out there will hook you up with an extra little gift. Um, but as always, folks, um, please, we can see there are people watching, so please comment, please interact with us. Yep. You know, it, we all enjoy talking amongst ourselves, but the show is nothing without people commenting and giving us their opinions, asking questions, asking what, what we think. Uh, giving us any feedback, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to hit that button and just ask a question. So, um, just a quick update on uh, the injury report. So, um, there haven't really been any updates uh, since the weekend. Obviously, Terrence Steele went out of the game, and he has—I think it was—he contracted food poisoning. 
and have had to take three IVs today, the morning of the game and had to take an IV during the game. So that explained his absence. Um, Lyell reports are not good coming out of this week mm. uh, about him being, being fit and able to play. Um, there's been no update on Tyron Smith. And obviously late last week, we lost Chidobi Rousier to IOR for the next two games as well as last weekend. So... Any any feelings on that, folks? The line worry in it. Just like I say, the um, the offensive lines been higgledy piggledy all over. Like I say one week both ends were having to be kind of patched up, and the, the line looks so much better when Lyle Collins is in there. It, it's, yeah, that's that's the big worry. Not that I mean you want to see injuries anyway, but. He's got to be the main one, hasn't he? I mean, we've got to protect Dak and that we've got to get the run game because even the run game was poor on on Sunday. So if you can't get that line sorted, then Zeke's not going to get any yards this week, is he? Either? Yeah, and I think I think like that the fact that Tyron is also still mm-hmm. a doubt for the weekend. Um, it's it, it's not great. Like the fact we ended up with. Um, Tyler Biadish coming in to play centre, Joe Looney moving to right guard, and Zach mm. Martin moving to right tackle. It's, it just doesn't I, help. I tell you what, though, when Biadish did come to centre, we actually did play a little bit better. Yeah, I would but, agree on that. But we'll talk about uh, the O-line in depth for a wee second, for sure, because uh, me and you were going off our nuts regards to... Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we did, surely. Um so, moving on to, I will just we'll jump straight into it, Paul. Um, so the offense on Sunday. So, as you can see, the numbers are rolling through the bottom of the screen. So, um, as we say, we finished up with um, with uh, a, a starting or uh, an offensive line of uh, Brandon Knight, Connor Williams, Tyler Biadish. Joe Looney and uh, Zach, Zach Martin. Martin at right guard or right tackle. So, is there a potential that um, Tyler Biadish might start this weekend? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, but after watching that game, Joe Looney should be bloody embarrassed with himself. That was just like, I don't know how many missed blocks he had during that whole game. Going upfield, causing this going back a few yards, repeating plays. Honestly, like I don't like. I find there was a must be in at least five occasions. Me and you, Brian, were like, ah, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, like completely, like like he, he was supposed to protect the air gap, and he pretty much just like just glanced at it and just walked and decided to proceed to the B gap instead, where it's already been covered. And yet, within that we split second, the nose tackle, uh, whoever it was for Seattle, manages to get in. And you're like, oh, for goodness sake. But even when he was at guard, he was like, he was trying to run upfield yeah. as well. I think, the worst thing about, I think the worst thing about it as well was that over the years, that Seattle defence has, has been known to be an absolute nightmare. But it, obviously, yeah. as times move on, you know, I mean, they've made quite a few changes, on, especially on the, on the, on the front line. And it, they just... I don't think it was, like I say, the fact that they were that good that the, the Seattle 
um, defensive line. It's just the fact that that O line was just awful, and we made them look outstanding. The thing is, though, Seattle always had always did have a good run stopping game. They've always mm-hmm. did have all right, but it didn't really help the fact that when we were missing simple blocks, simple assignments on that O line, and yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but I, I like Joe Lene as a guy, now, but that game. There was a reason why we just signed him just to that one-year contract. There was a because re- before the season, and but when Tyron, uh, no, uh, no Tyron, uh, Travis Frederick had that year out, and Joel and he filled in, it, he was great. But I find that just now comes to show with when you've got like a Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin. Uh, sorry, I said Zach Martin. Sorry, uh, Lyle Collins all in that same line. At, like same time, it makes him look better. But see now he's got guys that are actually like really trying to like step it up a bit. Where I've seen where the level where a uh, Joe Looney is at now, and it's not good enough. Yeah, I fully agree. Well, yeah, I, th- I I think what killed me the most was when we had to play. And, there we go. Uh, Mike Mike just just kind of said that there. Yeah, the delay and our good at the run stop, which we just kind of mentioned there. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a, the penalty which Looney gave away as being an ineligible player downfield. I mean, I think we both exploded almost simultaneously and were, were, were asking the question, what the hell was he doing there? Jamie, what were your thoughts on that penalty? It's, it's becoming... It's kind of becoming the norm for the Cowboys' offensive line. Um, just a penalty. They just seem like they're giving giving away like can't shops give away free sweets. You know what I mean? It's just it, it, I know it's, it's it's easy to say in it, but cutting simple crap out like that, you can't be giving teams, especially teams like Seattle, um, easy ads. It's just it's just simple football, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well- I just wanted to kind of touch on what Mike was just saying there. Like, really, the O-line isn't massively bad. Yeah, I do agree, but I'm being really specific when it comes to Joe Looney. I think he was pretty much our Achilles heel. Because here's the thing when it comes to that O-line unit. If one person fails, the whole line fails. And that and it's, uh, uh, that's how it tends to work. Because if you let that one person, like that, if that one person, that line, uh, destruct, uh, like just does not step it up, then pff, line's gone. The line is gone. Do you know what? I think we touched on it. I think we touched on it at some point last season as well. Um, and no disrespect to kind of, we'll say the backup guys because obviously because they're not, a lot of those guys are, are starters. But there seems to be a big drop off compared to, like you say, when you've got the likes of Tyron Smith in there, when we had Travis Frederick in there. Um, and then you kind of, you lose one of them guys, and you've got not you've got somebody that's maybe even eighty percent of the ability of these guys that are coming out, and that's where it hampers us sometimes a little bit. See, don't so don't get me wrong. Like Tyler Smith is a great player, now, but I actually kind of feel so. The, I feel so. Brandon Knight's actually done a not a bad job, like stepping in. Like he's better than Chad Green. Let's be honest, right? Like, yeah. like that, 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 that was a bona fide nightmare of having Chaz Green at right tackle. Sorry, left tackle. Sorry, Chaz but style. yeah, and uh, um, it's unfortunate we didn't have to steal because I feel so with that previous game against the Falcons, especially in that second half, 
like you can see his his confidence was building up in that game, and then obviously it fell ill, so he couldn't play that game. So I, I kind of hope he kind of comes back as well, because um, yeah, that's always I can really say about it. I, I don't know what's going on, guys, but I keep hearing a clicking sound. Yeah. I was just saying the exact same thing in the private chat we have here on the side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think to your point, like, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Um, Brandon Knight and Terence Steele were both undrafted. They were undrafted for a reason. They are not Tyron Smith. They are not Lyle Collins. Mm. Yeah, they're undersized. They're definitely undersized in comparison, not as physical, yeah. but they're doing a good job despite that filling yeah. in. And it's it's a lot to ask for rookies, rookies, and people that have yeah. been undrafted like that to kind of step up like that. And I think even if we go back, I think it was the first game of the season where um, Aaron Donald. It was Aaron Donald pancaked. Joe Looney and uh, Zach Martin in, into Zach Martin. You know, it, it seems to be that the problem is with Joe Looney because I know at times Paul will 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 have it in for Connor Williams, but he'll also give Connor Williams praise when it's due. Oh no, I thought that's I thought in fairness, I thought this was Connor Williams' best game so far. Yeah. That Connor Williams seems to be caught in caught in a trap for for want of putting it a better way because He's also he's trying to make sure his left tackle is solid, and he's also trying to cover his centre as well. And that's just it's extremely difficult to do. Here's the thing: Do you think? Here's I'm just trying to think psychologically here. Do you think Joe Looney is trying too hard? He's he's just not doing this. That's really annoying. That Um, do you not think he's just not doing the simple thing? He's just trying. He just doesn't trust his guards. Take away, Jamie. Don't know. Could it just be that they say they're overthinking things and getting this in a bit of a, a bit of a panic before, like I say, before the play? Because um, they're more focusing on not fucking up, so to speak, than actually doing the job. It's just, and I, I, I know we touched, I, I touched on it, and I, I always refer back to this, and it was just something that you mentioned um, a couple of minutes ago, Paul, that. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially when there's we get injuries in certain positions, so, so the O line's a bit of a, a concern in terms of injury wise. That these guys, when they get the opportunity, they need to be coming in and, and stepping up, and they want to make a name for themselves. And, and I say, and I've referred to it before. Dak did it when we when Roma went down a couple of years ago. Um, wasn't expected to get any game time his rookie year, and he came in and he, he grabbed the ball by the horns. And, and he run with it. And this is what these guys should be doing. If these guys want to be the ones that take over Tyron Smith when sadly he has to retire and when Zach Martin has to retire, they need to come in and they need to come in and show some balls and and be, be mean. I mean, over the years, the Cowboys all lines been um, been known to be pretty, pretty beefy and, and mean and and stopping the run I mean the run, the pass rush and the run coming through so I mean they, they need to yeah and I hate saying because you don't like slagging your own players off but yeah they need to um, grow a bit of balls and, and get a bit of beef about them otherwise they're going to they're going to be out of this league before they, they've even got had a chance to get the foot in yeah yeah absolutely 
So moving along, we'll move move on for the O line. Um, I think it's fair to say that Dak had another very impressive game on Sunday. Um, as you can see, the stats there: thirty-seven to fifty-seven, true for three touchdowns, four hundred seventy-two yards, uh, two interceptions, and a fumble. I'm not gonna. I'm not counting that second interception. I mean, the fact he stayed up on his feet, still tried to make the play, and a yeah. hail mary pass he was attempting. I'm not really going to be about harsh it. on him about that. Well, what were your own thoughts? Uh, my thoughts was I thought Dak had a. I actually thought he had a decent game. Um, I think uh, Seattle did well in terms of their defense to kind of like really target our main receivers, which is Gallup, uh, Lamb, and obviously uh, Cooper. But we never expected Cedric Wilson to really come out. So, but yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty weird. To see that happen, get him getting two touchdowns, and my prediction did happen. No, Gallup, one hundred yards plus, and a touchdown. So I was quite happy about that. It, it was nice to see the ball spread about. Like I said, um, does that mean I think it was Cooper and did, no Cooper just just shy one, just shy of a hundred yards. Like I say Wilson brought the hundred yards. So did um, say so did Gallup. So I think it, we, we we're showing what this what this offense can do in terms of. Of the air game, it's just it was a little bit worrying for me again that the run game really followed. And and when you look at some other teams around the league, there's always that kind of little bit of balancing. If they've got if they've got a really good air game, although the run game might not be stellar, that they can still put on some yards. And it, it seems with this team, maybe the last eighteen months or so, that if if the ground game doesn't work, it really doesn't work. And and I think what was the stats? Would it thirty four yards Zeke rush for? So it's when it falls off, it falls off badly, and that that's not what we need. And then then you you become predictable, and you say then things like the say like the second interception, you're always towing the line. Then that you, that is going to happen because you can't help your offense enough by getting some decent field position on the run game, tiring their defense out a little bit more. So yeah, like I say it's not nice on stats wise that Dak threw through two interceptions, but like I say you, you can understand why. But apart from that, I, I think he had a pretty pretty decent game. Again, he showed why he's one of um, I would say probably maybe a top top ten, if not top six quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was something that myself and Paul were were talking about before you joined, Jamie. Um, there were comments from Jerry on 105.3 the fan today, which seemed to yeah. have been entirely misunderstood by people. Um, reading it, it doesn't look good, but I think in the context of what Jerry was actually saying, he was he was praising that. He was saying on that last play, you know, that players like Tony Romo, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes have the ability to make those plays, and so does Dak. He just didn't complete the play but um Paul what are your thoughts on that? Uh, completely taking out of context. Um we're seeing a people now cut like taking a reaction to it on Twitter a bit negatively now when they actually listen to the radio comments it's actually not as bad as people make it out to be pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think as well, don't I mean, sometimes it's it's one of those where Jerry always seems to be really kind of, I say straight to the point where he, 
when it comes to he, like he, he never leaves his comments open as it like you say it's always it's it's either black or white in it it's literally there's there's no gray uh, in between with Jerry's comments like I say so I can understand why a lot of people have taken it in the wrong way it's just it's just one of them in it like you sit there and you look at it and you think oh not again it's like we're in the press for all the wrong reasons again. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's very true. But uh, as as we say, like reading it doesn't look good, but the context and and actually the way it was answered. But if we move on, I will not touch too much on Zeke. I think it's it's not really fair to say he had a bad game. It's more to do with the fact that we've already covered it and said that you know he oh, yeah. have a very good run defense and the O line just wasn't wasn't opening the gaps at times for him. But yeah. if if we do move on to our wide receiving core, I think we we were all taken aback by um, the first touchdown scorer. So who'd like to take that on? Well, you go, Jamie. I think if, if anything, first thing I'm going to say is how many teams that picked above us are now regretting after only three games not picking CD Lamb up. This. This guy, oh my gosh, he's so fun to watch. A couple of the, oh my gosh, when I say, if you think he's doing, he's playing at this level after after three games, but yeah, the, I, I'm impressed with the wide receiver call. But like I say it's just, it's just, I don't think you would if you would have, if you would have said before the game that two of two of the wide receivers were going to hit over 100 yards, and one of them would have been just shy. I think Paul touched on it earlier. I don't think Wilson would have been anywhere near up that. I think you would have, yeah. I think you would have had Lamb maybe um, in there, but yeah, I was excited for this for this this air game before the season started, and it's it's showing why if we, if we can get, like I say, the run game, just if we can start to just kind of get it on a level playing field, um, that this offense is going to be immense to watch over the next couple of years. Yeah, very much so. Um, I think it's great. Um, I we, we just have a comment there from Rich in terms of why was Zeke so poor catching in this game. I don't know if he just hadn't the right gloves on or if he was just looking downfield, but it, it just seemed to be a case. I think it was. I think it's more to do with that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Same. The same last week, wasn't it? I mean, it's just. It just. Yeah. I didn't just going through a barren run at minute in. in. But we all know what Zeke's like. He um, has a couple of bad games and then people get on his back. And then I'd watch out for him this week having an absolute staff. Going over 150 yards on the ground himself this week. There you go. There's a hot take for you, Brian. <laughs> it, it, I'll be honest and say it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he did something like that. Um, but again, and to the point, it, it's it's a case with the O-line not opening the gaps completely. Mm. I mean, Zeke, the hooks. Yeah. Zeke is still, he's still well able to put his head down, put his shoulder into the tackle and try and make yards. But it's just trying to get those lanes opened up that Zeke can get, can get through. Yeah. I mean, we all know he has the pace. He has the power when, it, when it's needed to do it. But, do you um, know what I'm doing? Sorry, Brian. No, I would. Sorry, I was just going to say, and it's it's happened a couple of times. I didn't, you know one thing I, I'm liking about this offense. I'm liking the fact that we're putting a D lineman in when, on the goal line. I love yeah, it. Antoine Woods. Oh, yeah, I love it. And you see that number pop up, and you see him. And you, 
Just, I just, just one week. I would love to see him get the ball handed off, and I'd love to see him plough in himself. It'd be awesome. Do you know? Uh, it's funny that we were talking about Antoine. I know we're still talking offensive, but uh, I gave him what we mentioned uh, last time in that we were talking about this, and uh, and obviously tweeted him. Yeah, actually, he's, 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 I think he's watched the show by the way. The fact that we were talking, about giving a little bit of praise. So, a uh, big shout out to Antoine Woods again. Have to get him on, Paul. You'll have a work imagine you can get him on. <laughs> I don't know if we're actually allowed to get active players on the show yet. That's the, I don't think. In in the words in like in the words of Mike Pollan, never say never. <laughs> but um I think I, I think we we all um as we say in terms of numbers, um we if we had to pick, we would not have picked this guy to go for over 100 yards and definitely not to go for two touchdowns. So I think Cedric Wilson was absolutely one of the standouts on offense this week. So And, then, and people were talking about him during camp as well. So there's that we need to consider as well. Right. He's, he's, got some, he's got some speed, hasn't he? Like you say, you get him in the, get him the catch and get him some open field. Jesus, he, he was gone. I, I, you, if you looked at it, you, you would have, like you say, you you wouldn't have thought that that was somebody like CD Lamb. Do you know what I mean? Make it play mm-hmm. like that. That's what you want. Do you know what I mean? These guys like that, they're a little bit down the roster. They're coming. I mean, he's coming in. He's, he's taking his um, he's taking his chance. So you, you would expect that he'll get he'll see the field a lot more this week. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to have a fourth receiver on the roster. I mean, we, we'll touch on another guy now in a second, but I mean, we all we all spent the offseason talking about the, the big three of Cooper, Gallup, and um, CD coming in, and Jarwin, and we've obviously we've lost Jarwin for the season, but Schultz has, has done well in games, but the other guy I think we have to talk about him again is uh, Michael Gallup. Hmm. As I left a comment. I don't know if you guys seen it in the in our special group chat during the a post game show, talking about our no, sorry pre game show. Mm-hmm. I, I, and Mike was talking about the fantasy stuff. I left a wee comment saying Michael Gallup one hundred yards plus and a touchdown. Mm. Honestly, I need to start putting me bets on this now. Yeah, do you know he he could be he could be it could be a number one receiver on another on another on another squad. That's how good he is, and that's the potential that he's he's showing, um, and he's it, and like I say, I suppose that's the headache that Mike McCarthy wants. You know what I mean, he, he wants three, four guys that can put up shed loads of numbers. Mm. Plus, it, it helps the offense, and like I say, it stops it becoming a lot predict- really predictable. Um, say you, you put Tech Cooper out, and they say you can put someone like Gallup in, and you, you're not going to see much of a drop off. Yeah, and. Um... Again, I, I I think someone that a lot of people got on got on his back last year. Um, Cooper again had a, he had a solid game. He was just under the hundred, but you know I think I think he's now dispelling this myth of oh he doesn't play well on the road. I think he's done he's done reasonably well the two games he's had. He hasn't had the touchdowns yet, but we know the, the, the touchdowns will come. They will yeah. come. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I think uh, moving along now and talking about the defense. So uh, I think 
this is uh it's 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 something that uh we're we weren't particularly happy about on sunday so um i think again there was a lot of secondary penalties were given away um there was a lot of busted coverages uh linebackers weren't taking their assignments um d-line didn't seem to be able to get home bar one guy but what were your own thoughts on it so i thought defensive defensive oil wise it was a big improvement massive improvement mm-hmm. we finally like and a lot of people are going to come around and say it's kind of embarrassing the fact that we've had a guy that's not played football in five years that's actually had the most production Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see that as the case. I see it as the fact that they're like they're treating him as if he's a rookie again, like all all these other teams, because everyone's now kind of like loading up on D Law and loading up the tackles like Poe and whoever who else is in that line, like even Tyron Crawford or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're now getting to the quarterback. If that one of the hardest quarterbacks to get, in Russell Wilson, in my personal opinion. Because the way how he can actually move out the pocket and and how dynamic of uh, he can be and he can run with the football if he wants to. Yeah. But in terms of the in terms of the secondary, all I'll say is Tavon Diggs kept us in that game. He kept us in that game for like a bit for the rest of them. No, nah, oh God. Yeah, that, that play from Diggs was just amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's, unbelievable, unbelievable. Just, just shows that he don't give up on a play. But like Paul says, I, I think thinking back on it, would it would it probably all but one of their touchdowns were pretty much wide open walkings. It's just mm. that's just not good enough. Um, and and I. I, I cannot give any more praise to towards Diggs. And and in all fairness, yeah. see like. Even before the season started, we were saying this has probably been the best draft class we've had since 2016, and it's proven that already. Yeah, yeah. Diggs is, Diggs is performing, Lamb is improving for the offence. That's our first two top-run picks, and it was the same with Zeke, and uh, obviously with Dak coming in, even though it was mm. a fourth-rounder. Yeah. Just, it, it's showing that mm. we made really good uh, selections in this draft, but going back to defensively, yeah, um, pfft. Uh, Diggs just kept us in that game man, and that is one of the best plays we've seen throughout the season so far so, see yeah. I, I, I never no, I never noticed it as well during the game and I, I'd seen some comments on online um, so I don't know if any of, any of you two can um, kind of fill in but I read somewhere we've I think it was about two minutes to go on it and we were, we were up by one um, and for one of the plays D Law was not in the game. Now, if you're if you're up by one point to a team like Seattle with a dangerous QB that they've got, you want your best defensive lineman on the field. Now, am I am I just reading wrong? And were people not right aside? I never noticed it in the game. But was it was he out on on one of the plays that would have pretty much sealed the game? I'm actually going to stick up for D-Law on this because mm. I am pretty sure he was out on a two-point conversion. He wasn't out on a touchdown play. 
Paul made yeah, like you saw it differently, did you? No, I say I, I never I never noticed it. It was only I picked yeah. it. I only picked it up on Twitter, and I thought I'd just bring it up to see if any of you guys noticed it because mm. I couldn't. I didn't notice it, so I didn't want to kind of sit there and be like, do you know, one of them that jumps on the bandwagon and gives him shit for it. I'll be honest, I never noticed. Yeah, same here. That's why I brought bring you up. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure it was on the two point conversion, which yeah, put, um, which put the Seahawks up by seven. Which I mean, yeah. it was it was a clever clever play on their part, but I mean, you're not going to play it all of your defensive ends or D-line on the two-point conversion because yeah. the ball could move on. Well, I'll tell you what, that, that two, the, the first initial two-point conversion, that was a BS call. I'm sorry, but that the, mm. the, there's a certain time limit when the ball is thrown you. like the, the, the way how Tristan Hill, like, I know we're talking about D-line, but the way how Tristan mm. Hill came in, and we're going to talk about Tristan Hill just shortly uh, in more detail about other things as well, is he was already in motion. He was literally within a foot when that ball got released. How can they say that was a late hit? Yeah. Like, he can't exactly be like Roadrunner and just stop immediately. Mm. It's, it's impossible. Russell Wilson knew that was, he was going to get hit, and yet the referees, once again, have screwed us over in that scenario. I'm sorry, but they did. The referees overall were shambolic for that whole game. Absolutely shambolic. Yeah. Players like that, they're always inconsistent. Either, like you say, it's, you never get a fair rub at green. Like you say, when you, yeah, you you slow you slow that play down on a replay, and, you, and anybody can sit there and say, oh yeah, it could have easily slowed down. But you play that in real time. Like you say, you can, no one can just stop dead like that. It's, it's impossible. And especially so, like you say, he's, he's going into he's going into hit him. He's going into try and end the end the play. Yeah, it makes you it makes you wonder if are they watching booth reviews of actual slow motions of tackles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is is that what they're doing nowadays? I mean, come on. As <laughs> if it's if like when you watch a normal football game, soccer for your American fans, is when you see a tackle, it looks hell it looks ten times as worse because it looks as though it's poetry in motion floating up in the air or whatever it is, you know what I mean? But yeah, that was just absolute complete crap from the referees. It's also a throwback to the first game with the offensive pass interference call up by on Jalen Ramsey. Like there's that split second where something happens and the referees are picking up, as you guys have alluded to, it's on that split second they're picking up on, rather than as you say, the complete play. You know, like in the, in that offensive pass interference, like yeah. Michael Gallifarm just got straight, but you could see they were hand fighting, and in that case, Tristan Hill was making the. It was literally he was there in motion. It was. He was literally. It was. Yeah. It was literally almost face to face with Russell Wilson when that ball got yeah. released. Like, see if you were like two yards back, you still have some momentum to kind of slow yeah. down and maybe just put your hands up forward and try and like like like. Like yeah. show that you're trying to slow down, but and, and as you say, like even if it's if you are that two yards back, the quarterback will also change his angle because he'll see you and he'll be changing to go one way or the other to avoid the oncoming hit. So, yep. you know, it makes no sense that Tristan Hill mm. was on almost on top and made the connection and it's called. 
He's not. He's, he's not blindsided. Him, he? Like he's safe. He's, no, he's no. Got it, 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 was cl- it was a. It was. It was a clean hit. From my personal opinion, mm. that was a clean hit. Mm. Right. There was. There was no delay. Like like. I think it's like after a second when the ball is being released. Then after that, then yes, that will be regard, regarded as roughing the passer. Mm. So to yeah. speak. I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure that's that's what's in the rule, and that's what how we do it in the UK leagues here, at like the semi pro amateur leagues here, and. It's yeah. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just I'm. I, I feel bad for Tristan in that one. I really do. I mean, like you say, you're all for all for player safety and like saying wanting to keep the game as as fierce and as competitive as it is while making sure players are safe. But like you say, sometimes they're just a bit flag happy and yeah. Well, I think on that one, it's that 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 one time. Yeah, they, they got that one. Definitely got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 a bit of common sense needs to prevail sometimes. It does, but again, um, just before we go on, again, folks, don't be afraid to comment, don't be afraid to uh, give us your opinion on things, don't be afraid to ask questions and send them in to us. We will put them up on screen, we will answer whatever you have. Just don't be afraid to interact with us. But, uh, yeah, don't let, don't let uh, Jamie's ET finger scare you. <laughs> yeah, Paul, you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the defense. So we we we'll kind of move from 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 front to back on this. But again, uh, Alden Smith. I mean, like the numbers there are staggering. I mean, he I had that, eight yeah. tackles, three sacks, two tackles for loss, a pass defended, and four quarterback hits. Those are phenomenal he, numbers. He, yeah. he just I mean, doesn't look like he's not played football in three years. He's, he's like he, he's five years physically. Was it five? God, five. five. But, yeah. but just physically, like he's he's just a freak, and he physically like this. He obviously just he clearly don't eat crap. I mean, and jump forward, like I say, he obviously looks after himself. And he, and while he was out of the game, he clearly looked after himself because it, it looks like he hasn't missed a step. Here's the, here's the thing, like, and and this is now going towards the rest of the defensive line because of Olden Smith. People were. Like our fan base, especially, we're now criticising the rest of the line for not their production, and because all this was took five years out, he's our best player so far. Why, why, why is the D line not doing the exact same? Where they been with the team longer, but it's like, but people just need to remember, Alden Smith has always been a two point stance to the defensive end, whereas mm. like a D law. I would say Iverson Griffin maybe. I think he's kind of more of a hybrid. More more of a hybrid. He does three point as well. He prefers yeah. putting his hands in the dot. Yeah. But it's transitional, and yeah. again, we're seeing we are seeing better progression ever so slightly per game now from the other DNs. Not. Yeah. I think uh, you're but, making a very good point there, Paul, in terms of um, the defense, like. A lot of these guys who were with Cowboys last year and those who came in in free agency are having to learn a new defensive system. Yeah. You know, I think the comments came out last week This, you know, I think it was Everson Griffin and D-Law approached Mike Nolan and said, look, you've got to dumb things down a little bit. This is too complex what you're asking us to do. We're not used to rushing from a two-point stance. We like a hand in the ground. Yeah. And you've got to let us do it. You know, whereas yeah, he, Alden is just coming in, as you say, he likes to rush from the two point stance. 
Yeah, this even soothing him. Yeah, even Troy Aitman made the comment during the broadcast during the game. So, yeah. like, as even he noticed that he's like, it seems so weird having D-Law being in that stance where he is through his whole career, even through college, had his hands in the dirt. And I think that is kind of showing in the game that his production level has been down. And even though we're being so ultra-critical of our, like, mm-hmm. certain defensive players right now. But, but honestly, we, um... but, but going back to Alden Smith, though, nothing but amazing, though. He has been, without a doubt, and now one of those amazing Jerry signings where it's low risk, high reward, and it's proven that again. I think it's the, I think just the, the sign of the times is is showing it on on the um, on the defense. I think we touched on it on the um, on the pregame show last week that not, although it wasn't pretty at times, if if we would have kept the same defensive coaching system as last year, I don't think we'd maybe be talking about some of these issues that we are doing because the fact that they were so they knew that they knew that system inside out like you say because the fact that we've got a new coaching setup that they're in a new scheme but because of obviously what's going on in the world at the minute they've not had the time to really integrate the playbook and get to although they've been able to learn it they've not been able to put it into practice as much and and that that then has a knock-on effect like you say because they've lost so much time during pre-season and training camp, that the can't. I mean, it's going to take. I think. I think we said potentially. It might not get any better before week six of the season, just for the fact that they've. I mean, they've had no pre-season games either, so they've not even able to put it into practice and get used to it. At maybe, like you say, that maybe a dumbed-down level at game speed, and they're just they're going in full-blown week one, not. Running these players, so I say, for me, it's it's not it's not nice seeing a lot of the defense struggling at the minute. But once it gets to week six, if we if we continue to see these struggles, then I, I probably would start pushing the panic button and thinking, what, what's what's happening here? Yeah. So I'm we, str- we, we two more points before we moved on from the defensive line, and I know Paul, you wanted to cover one of them was um, Antoine Woods and his performance. I thought he's really. I think that was his bit, like, his coming out part of that game. I thought, mm-hmm. like, even though he had very limited reps because Terran Crawford was pretty much the start along with Paul. But when he when Woods did come in, if he tried to fill his gap, he took on two offensive linemen the mass majority of the whole time, mm-hmm. and he still managed to uh, break off and still managed to sack Russell Wilson and also put on was it two QB pressures. Or tackles mm. for loss as well. I'm, I try to remember the exact start, but that like for him to have so many limited reps, that was I, I'm over the moon for him. Absolutely over the moon for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to take it away on the Tristan Hill, so we have um, yeah, the yeah, the alligator tackle. Yeah, so the the alligator role it's been now. Um, been trending about on social media now. He it looks as though, um, oh, I think. Sorry, guys. I think we have just got some breaking news. I'm I'm just looking at it, Paul. If you want to keep talking there. Yeah, yeah. So the Tristan Hill um, scenario. He held on too long on uh, Chris Carson's lead and decided to roll and roll on the ground, resulting to twisting Chris Carson's knee. Um, 
It's overkill, yes. Um, I think what the actions, what the NFL are planning doing is, and as I hate to say this, is fairly justified. You will get a suspension for it. I think you'll be missing. Yeah. So, um, and all to the Seahawks fans, uh, we hope your your boy recovers well. Uh, hope we're glad it's nothing serious. So, um, but yeah, um, but yeah. So we might be missing Tristan Hill for a couple of weeks due to that uh, alligator roll on Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. So we Shall I just, I just, I just don't. I don't know what's going through his head to even think. Like I said, the plays, the plays over. I've looked, I've looked at, looked back here on a couple of angles, and it, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, and I'm not sure who the um, the other Cowboys um, defensive player that's coming over the top to kind of help finish the tackle off. And, and at first, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if he's thinking. Uh, I mean, the play is not over because it, it can feel, um, it can, it can obviously feel someone moving out there. Then you look at it; it's just. It, the play is completely dead. It's like what what's possessed him to even think to do it. It's just it's out of order, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So um. So moving on to the uh, linebacking core. So I think again, this was another poor game from our linebackers. Um, I tell you, I saw, 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 I tell you what, Joe, shout out to Joe Thomas, by the way. Yeah. Some of the hits he made was amazing. Mm. That's what mm-hmm. we've missed in that linebacker row is some of them hit hard hits. Yeah. He, he's flying under the radar, you know. I don't know if this is, a, if this is probably too superstemming, but you could possibly say that he's been our best linebacker so far this year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair to say. And I mean, like, it's hard to class Alden Smith as a true edge rusher. I think he's kind of playing like that as a hybrid linebacker. He's kind of playing Sam and pass rush at times. But, I mean, Th- Thomas was laying the wood on some of those hits, and I think he might have actually been involved in that hit um, where Hill did the alligator roll. Um but I think again, on in terms of Jalen, he just seems to be running around like a headless chicken. I mean, he's not—he's still putting up numbers. He's putting in the tackles. You know, I think he eight solo four six tackles. But he just doesn't seem to be the leader that you're looking for in the middle of the defense. You know, he doesn't seem to be a general lead, and with the move of Van Der Esch into Mike and uh, I believe uh, Jalen was supposed to move to Will you can see why they were doing that big shout out to Jay Tuck watching us on the Periscope right now via Twitter um, yeah Thomas has just been brilliant for us so far like filling in for it's the third linebacker well second linebacker now with LVE out and obviously yeah. Sean Leo, so yeah, I kind of kind of praise Joe Thomas for the, yeah. what he's been doing right now. Do you know though, the 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 only worry then you get is if he's, you know, I mean, he, you obviously want him to play at that high level, but we've kind of fell foul of that, didn't we, a couple of years ago with Anthony Hitchens played really well and just ended oh, up getting man. to the point where he just priced him, he, he priced himself out of a contract with us because we just couldn't afford to keep him. 
That's one player I would love to have kept. I really do. Yeah, <laughs> I agree there. Loved Anthony I mean, Hitchens. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he's gone on to uh, another another game. He's won the Super Bowl himself. And, and Damian Wilson is, is another yeah. shout-out as well. Do you know? I mean, I, the, the, that Kansas City Chiefs, I think they have something like four or five defensive players from the Cowboys at this stage. Yeah. Because I know they have... Um, they also have Taco and uh, Charlie. What? Yeah. Taco Charlton? Taco Charlton is the Shut up. Wait, when did this happen? Uh, off season. <laughs> I didn't it's even just... know that, Paul, to be honest. I didn't know I... that either. I, she... I, there may even be a possibility that he was on the squad that won the Super Bowl. I'm, I don't yeah, know. He, was, he, was he. Did, did, he, still, did, he, he was... like, did, did he sell he was... last season with Miami? Ah, it was last season. Well, we traded him to Miami, did we not? To Miami, but I think Miami cut him before the. Ah, did they, 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 they cut him? And I like, sh- shows how much of a difference he made. Yeah. Uh, anyway, enough. I'm just not a cowboy anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But then, um, moving moving on to the secondary, and I think it, I think this is something we we are now very much in a position. Like I said, <laughs> so the safeties. I mean. I'm not going to say anything on safeties. I've, I've spoken at length about them on other episodes. And I'm going to change my Honestly, Brian, we could actually give you a whole two-hour episode to go on about safeties. <laughs> honestly. It's true. It's true. Do you know, we might have to, to be fair, though, without, without that panned out during the game, um, we, we could even amend Mike's comment to... What safeties? Because we might as well not play with some. Because they were just, yeah. Yeah. I said to be to be fair though, I think the whole secondary, apart from Diggs, were pretty shocking. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the fact we're we're now we've um, Cheeto's on IR, Anthony Brown is on IR, um, we're down to Diggs, uh, Darrell Worley, Savion Smith, Brandon Carr is even getting put the reps at. That's a name from the past, but yeah. it's a good, but it's a good acquisition, yeah. though. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I was one of Brandon Charles' critics before, mm. but nowadays I'm just kind of thinking, you know, what we could do with him. Like, I know it sounds so weird to say that, but he does bring some like good coverage from time yeah. to time. But he can be hit and miss, though, still. Do you know? I, 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 I said it. I said it when we did the roster breakdown. Um, that to me, this was still a fifty-two man roster because there's a name out there that should be on this roster that isn't. He's still not on this roster. Um, I still can't believe he's not on this roster because we we need someone like him. Um, but is Jerry just going to be a bit stubborn and not go out and get him? But yeah, sorry, Brian. I um, I, I jumped in over you there. Sorry, I apologize. No, I was. Uh, it, it was also it's a follow-on from your point is that we only carried three safeties this year. Mm-hmm. And we brought in Ha-Ha Clinton Dix in the off-season, who was one of our big free agents. He was cut. We're yep. now in a situation where we have two, two safeties who are not doing their jobs. We are afraid of our lives to give the third safety a chance. And as you say, there's a, there's a guy out there that everyone wants. Personally, mm-hmm. I don't want him. I don't want him anywhere near the Cowboys. I think... There are other safeties that are out there that could be got. 
Um, but something has to be done. Do you know, like you, you, Jerry and Stephen are not talking about ourselves. We roll with what we have is scaring me. Yeah, for, for me, I don't really want to see Earl Thomas for, for, for a few reasons. One is it's just more of a marketing thing. That's what will be more leaving me of this because let's be honest, Earl Thomas is at the end of the end of his career. He's just back like he's back from an injury season. Like like he did his knee in when he was at say, was it at Baltimore? Did he play it though or was Baltimore. it Yeah, it was the end. And he did get injured that season, didn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was carrying the I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I saw he, he was out for Seattle. Then he didn't renew yeah. his contract. Then he went to be, uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I got my facts mixed up. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But even still, he's at the tail end of his career. And I just don't see, like, just having that there. I mean, and just not just, just that. It's so much the, the attitude perspective as well. It's him commenting. Going like when he was at Seattle, going over to do Jason Garrett at the time, come pick me up, come pick me up. That was quite disrespectful to Seattle. Yeah. Like if I was a Seattle mm. fan, I'd be like, ah, pff, gone. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people would have been like that, and the fact that um, he had the chance to sign for us at the time, never did. He decided to go for the bigger money, go for the Ravens. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know just to. Just to touch back quickly on what what Brian mentioned there about Harkland and Dix, um, and I noticed um, earlier on in the in the group. So apologies, I can't remember who, who made the comment, but with how bad this um, the, the series nice. have been playing, would it, it, it Mike? You're just saying yeah. how bad was the Clinton Dix being in camp if he couldn't make the roster with with how these series are played at the minute? That's what I'm really surprised about. Mike McCarthy must have been like that. You're not the same player I remember. Surely, because he because he, he got a fairly he got a fairly decent contract as well. So we're on the hook for a bit of, quite a bit of money as well, aren't we? Did that yeah, two million on it was a two million signing bonus in the yeah. one point seven roster. Or what I mean, that's one point seven five million per yeah, over, so, over the games. We cash that in it. Yeah, to cut him to cut him before the season starts. Yeah, it was it was quite scary, but um. Moving along, and we don't, we don't have long left on tonight's show, but again, folks, send us in your comments. Don't be afraid to, to get involved and talk to us. We'll answer any questions you have. But uh, as, as we say, we always like to give our special teams a shout-out and give them a bit of love. Um, Let's be honest, this wasn't a great game for our special teams. Oh. Um, unfortunately, I, 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 we, we had a couple I, of incidents. I, I, it definitely we came to kick off return. Yeah. I mean Yeah, I I remember um <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys seen it, but our good friend uh, Cowboy Dale, aka Cowboy Joel, posted a video of his reaction to the whole Tony Pollard catch during kickoff. And I think our reaction was a lot more harsh than that. Like, I think because Brandon's got a, such a gentle voice when it comes to him being angry, but when it, came, when it comes to us, I was almost wanting to smash my television when I saw that. I think every single one of us in that in the group, um, I think the word or oh, the letters WTF were yeah battered around about six or seven hundred times because what on earth? What? Like I say, just let it bounce. Don't go for it. The Washington yeah. team of football, why? 
<laughs> I like it, Paul. Well, I, I like. I think that 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 kickoff return, which was muffed, I think that led to some more special teams errors, and it led to as as well. It led to the safety as well. Yeah, it led it led to the safety, which was two points. But we also then Missed. had some some errors on extra point conversions and field goal. Uh, extra, no, uh, no. Uh, oh no, not field goal. Sorry, I extra point conversion. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. So the, the first hit the post, the second was blocked. The third thankfully made it. Yeah. And See, I, we went I, two points. I think, yeah, I think I, I touched on it at the start. When when play, especially players are kicks are not going your way, you, you know you're in for a long night. Because like I say, normally for Greg the leg, those are those are given, are they? I generally don't know who it was who was supposed to be blocking on the left hand side because whoever the, the, the left shield is did absolutely nothing to prevent, like even just get the hand up just to slow him for that half mm. a second yeah. like, whoever was supposed to make that block that ball like just completely avoid them like all, all you need is just a wee, yeah. a wee push, a wee, a wee push out for the wide and takes them an extra, that extra step out wide. Yeah, say they they come off the line pretty quick as well. It was like oh yeah, it was ridiculous. I think they have so an speed extra that. player on that side because it seemed to be that our guy was one man in that they almost had a free run at Greg. They and, must and really. I find they must. They could. Up. I need to rewatch it again because yeah. either Seattle did doubled up the one side where they yeah. feel they can take advantage. It always seems to be where the kicker side is, so it's always yeah. to the left. Well, right hand side if you're the defense, sorry, mm. left hand side if you're on offense. But yeah. um, yeah, I just feel we just had a really bad job and just and protecting the yeah. kick. Really bad Although job. I, I, I think there is the I, th- I, I think um four pounder and Jamie might have one person that like that. Graham, uh, it's like it's like so Brian your, your microphone was covered up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was saying uh, I think our co founder, Mr Smith, would like to give one person a shout out. Um his 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 favourite thing in the group are punters are people. Oh they are. Hey, yeah. Tell me and I, I can't believe I haven't got a t shirt yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think Chris Jones has had a little bit of a bounce back this year. I mean, he had three punts for just under, I think it was 139 yards overall. I mean, I think it's, it's great to see that Chris seems to be coming back to what he was. Uh, yeah. It's about the only bright spot we've had so far on our special teams. Do, do you know, I, I'm just uh, jamming, like I say, cause, just because it was such a poor showing on that ball, majority wise. Do you know what I mean? We need to kind of spice it up and, and have a laugh that way. Do you know what I mean? We, that guy can hit. We know what he can do. Get him, get him playing safety this week. Screw it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, we've, we've had a, a safety who can take kicks. You know, why can't we have a punter who can play safe? Is, oh, Pat, yeah. Mac- is Pat McAfee ready to unretire? <laughs> I'd t- take him and play him at centre. I'll tell you what, though, Dave. Like, I'd... I know it's no Cowboys related, but the the Scottish punter for the Browns, that's one thing we need to watch it for as well. Mm-hmm. He can really... He can move it a bit, can he? Yeah, and that's who we're playing this week. So... 
It's all right. You know I mean, because I think Brian will attest to this. And apologies to anybody that we know that supports him, but so they've got they've got a QB from a school that are, that always sucks. So it's all right. Yeah, yeah. We'll not we'll not we'll not mention that. I mean, we also have a wide receiver from that same school. But yeah, but we're, we're yeah, good, so yeah, but he's he's a cowboy, so we can let him off that because any yeah. any other or you. Yeah, I mean, if they play if they play for another team and they went to Oklahoma, then yeah, then they can get yeah. the they can get the stick. Especially always being Texas fans. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before before we wrap up, anyway, um, Paul, we're going to get you to give uh, our sponsor another quick shout out. Yeah, of course. So if you if you guys are planning going to a Cowboys game this year, be sure to go and check out Cowboys Experience and a. Uh, yeah, so when it comes to meet and greets, uh, hold on a wee second, there we go, <laughs> sorry about that folks, when it comes to the Ultimate Cowboys Experience, meet and greet, tailgates and game day experience, please visit Cowboys Experience, and if, obviously with this year, with COVID-19, um, if you do manage to get to go to a game this year, be sure to use the code UKCOWBOYS and also, uh, also inquire regards to next season as well, where... Uh, they will help you out in regards to like, tailored packages, especially, as well. And um, as as we've said in previous shows, there is uh, we know the team over there are still trying to work on a virtual experience um, for some of the home games. So stay tuned, watch their Twitter, watch their Instagram, and watch their Facebook pages because you'll see you should be seeing something there. Yeah, but. Um, and before we go, just to let you know, on uh, Thursday night, Mike and his guys will be um, taking the pre-game show for the Browns, and they have a special guest, and uh, they will have Mr. Mike Fisher on board with them. So that is at 9 o'clock on Thursday night. 4, p- 4, yep. 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time for the, everyone in the States. So be sure to check that one out. Mr. Mike Fisher. But as we say, it's a good night for me. Good night for me. Good night for me. And we will see you all again soon. Good night. Night, y'all.